evening, everyone. Thanks for coming out. January is flying by. We are just... That's my, I'm just saying. Oh, boy, we're... we're yeah, sorry. Sorry. No, sorry. I'm 12 of the way done with the year. <laughs> nice Alabama shirt, by the way. You like that? You, it must have been on discount because of the... <laughs> Oh, you can get them at the garage sales. Ouch. Goodwill. You can get them everywhere. Ooh, sorry. No, it was not on clearance. I should have said Same that with Ryan. Nebraska shirts. So. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. you get those pretty cheap these um, days. <laughs> oh. There's really nothing to say. Yeah, yet. you know what? We're just dive into the topic. Just move on. Yeah, so I'm just saying it's February already. Uh, that speedboat of life is hammered down. I mean, it is in full throttle. Uh, and it's not February, but. Uh, when I was a youth director, if it was within three months, it was here. Mm -hmm. And that was basically the way you had to look at it. And so, I mean, with, within a week and a half, it will be February. So, wow. Yeah. I'm Maybe fine with that. I want to see yep. leaves on the trees again. This Do is where really? it gets so depressing. This is where they, I, does anybody get a little seasonal, like cabin fever? I don't have time to, man. Oh, the syrup oh, man. slave over we're, here. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're out in the woods, so. <laughs> Hugging those trees. Give right. pep talks. Oh, I'm just saying, really, Patriots have to go to a Super Bowl again. Are we gonna do this again, Patriots? Yawn. Yeah, I know. Like, okay. Well, kind of like. I don't mind missing that. Do we have any Patriots fans here? Sorry, sorry. No, we don't. Crickets. We have a few in the church. We do. Mark Metz. Oh, my boys. Patriot. My oh, sons your boys. are huge okay. Patriots. Fans. We affectionately call them the Cheatriots. The Cheatriots. Yes, we do. Uh, Cheatriots. The Cheatriots. Yeah. Cheatriots. Yeah, they, they cheat. <laughs> mm. uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, well, everybody deserves a second chance. It, nobody it, deserves Lord, a third. Lord, they've cheated. Keep it spiritual. But nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody deserves a third. Yeah. Right. Um, Amen. Yeah. Just Amen. Kidding. Just kidding. Well, I am. I am officially an Atlanta fan now at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to Matt Ryan the, the torching new, the new uh, juggernaut on the. My goodness, they came out of nowhere. You gotta. I'm Gavin? just. Saying. I do, but it's not funny. I'm. A, I, I don't Mine know if I'm a I mean, bad joke. That's, no, it's that's implying this, that it's yours more, are usually well, funny. Well, this <laughs> 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 is supposed to be a funny Gavin, segment, I Gavin. Know. You have. You have. You've been so, gone so, a couple weeks. I'm sorry. Yeah. In, I remembered this time that actually I wasn't here last week. So, I, mine is about these uh, safe rooms in college. You know the safe, safe rooms. And I'm just getting where I understand what it is. I didn't even understand what that was, what they were doing. Safe but essentially, space. they're setting up uh, places or clubs in the universities where kids can go and not be bothered by other opinions, I guess, is the, yeah, is oh. the, the exactly. objective. Triggers. Triggers. Microaggressions. Yeah, microaggressions. <laughs> wow. My goodness. That's a microaggression. <laughs> it is. I, I need a safe space. Oh, know. sorry. So we're setting up havens for closed minds, essentially, in, in colleges and the liberal mindset have retreated to the last bastion of unquestioned authority in America is victimhood. So we're teaching these kids how to be the last authority. You're a victim. You, you can't do no wrong. So you've offended me. I'm a victim. I'm obviously right because I'm the victim. And, and we're watching the last great demonstration of passive aggressive in, in colleges. So what, what we have professors uh, teaching the youth that they have the right to their opinion in any view or fact that destroys their opinion is an act of violence against, against them. Essentially, a, a you do violence to someone else's opinion. And what a brilliant strategy to control the narrative. You know, you've offended me, I'm a victim, I'm, I suddenly have a moral um, superiority to you. But when, when we had the tantrum to this, 
essentially it's a tantrum. We're teaching kids to spend to have a tantrum to to get your way. And when I was a kid, we get when you had a tantrum, time out. you didn't get right. what you were wanting, it and wasn't called you got a safe space. It was time out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the this last demonstration of passive aggressive, I see the voices of reason are winning to to some extent, and those who are uh, in the fight to resist a return to reality. I I think it's time to grow up, be an adult. I'm just saying. As for the rest of us, we're going to get back to the noble pursuit of being Americans. I'm just saying. You're right. That wasn't funny at all, no, but it was good, Gavin. I it, did it, follow it really some was of good. It. <laughs> hey, hey, it's too late. Yeah. It's like fourth or fifth chance for you guys. It, no. It like, I'm it, just saying, get some rhinoceros skin. I learned that from you. Yeah. I like it. I use that all the time. All right. <laughs> that needs to be a segment, the whole safe space yeah. thing. Um, but but th th there's no doubt we, we are teaching uh, our young adults to close your mind to, to close your mind or shout down the opposition yeah. in, instead of uh, civil discourse. We, we we've gotten away from well, civil they think they think with discourse. numbers it makes you right, right now. Right. You know, it's like if they reanimated Hitler, he would probably have a massive following. That doesn't make it right. Amen. You know, mm -hmm. so. Right. Well, they're saying Trump is. So. Yeah, do you no, have an I'm, I'm just, just saying. saying? No, I've no. lost. I'm, I want the sun to come back, too. I just, <laughs> want, I just want to see sun. See, I've got somebody on my side. Um, so we're going to continue with our next segment. We've been in Romans chapter 12. If you want to turn there, um, we've made it successfully through Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. And now we're moving on tonight, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 11. And so just to, uh, again, do a, just a little bit of... Um, Review uh, here. <coughs> Romans 12 is now the summary. Uh, the, the, he, Paul has already taught the doctrine, and so now he's getting into practical living. Uh, so he started off with spiritual gifts, uh, and now he's admonishing the body as you use your spiritual gift, do these things. Um, somebody got uh, 10 in front of them? Read 10. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. And so that now 11 really puts it in a frame, okay? So, so, so you're, you're going to, in verse 9, you're going to let love be without hypocrisy. You're going to abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection uh, one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. But this is how you're going to do it. Not slothful. Not slothful in your business fervent in spirit, serving in love. So he's just finishing the framework of how you're going to carry out these uh, gifts, the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you. you you're going to love without hypocrisy. You're going to abhor, abhor that which is evil. But so these three words that, that come out of that verse 11, diligence, fervency, and serving. Uh, and, and, you know, Again, to kind of piggyback off of what Brother Gavin ha has brought up about the whole, well, you know, I, <clears throat> I think that we as a Christian people have got to be careful with joining in with the worldly drumbeat. And so millennials have gotten beat up here pretty, pretty strongly in the last five to ten years. The reality is, is that the millennials are our future generation. And so we got to find a way to, to make nice with them, you know, and encourage them to do the right thing. And, and this whole diligence thing, this is certainly an area that our younger generation struggles with 
if they're not careful. And I think they could rightly point to the generation before them as far as giving them a good example. Now, what I'm fixing to say could get me in trouble. So I, I want to give a disclaimer that uh, the bottom line for me is, is that I'm not pointing at a particular entity. I'm saying that this attitude is wrong. But I have heard many people say, in the last 20 years. They'll talk about their work situation. And then they'll talk about what it has devolved into. And then they'll say what they're being paid. And then they'll say, I'm not working for that. And I kind of look at them and go, what? what? I'm not working for that. If that's all I'm going to get, I'm going to go home. And, and I, no lie, this same situation, a year later, guess what the concern is? I need a job. <laughs> that's weird. I, I need a job. <laughs> and this, that's when I want to say, you might should have stayed with the job that you had. <laughs> well, but I'm not working for that. You know, well, I, so with all that said, um, I, I believe that certainly in the right setting, there could be an argument, you know, if... Well, you've had the experience Lord help. where the boss comes in and, and, you know, you've done an excellent job and the boss comes in and cuts your pay in half and says, do more. Well, you know, I get that. You no, know, I, I, I'm the boss. So I do that to other people. Yeah, now you do. But <laughs> you were in a situation years ago that you were not. And so, but diligence, and, and we're, we're getting off the subject, but, but diligence is something that is not taught uh, any longer. Uh, and yes, it should be modeled. But yes, it should be taught as well. Uh, it, within my sphere of influence, meaning my three kids, all three of those kids know what it means to hear daddy gear. Put your daddy gear in. And they know what that means. They, that means work harder. We say hustle at my house. <laughs> hustle, hustle. That's right. Get, get after it. You know, um, I can remember when I was uh, 19 years old and I had worked very hard at Furs Cafeteria and I got comfortable in my job. And when I first started out, I had a carrot in my left hand and my peeler in my right hand. And when I first started out, I just went as fast as that elbow would allow my hand to go. And after a year, I'm, I'm just barely peeling that carrot. Because I got all day, <laughs> you know, type thing. And a manager, instead of saying, Ben, dude, you used to really work hard. What, what's going on? He said, here, let me show you how to do that. <laughs> And, and boy, I mean, he got after it. And I'm sitting there thinking, you sorry. You know, you've missed an opportunity to encourage. Well, the bottom line was he was the manager. And he needed me to work diligently. And so he corrected me. And guess what? I peeled a carrot a lot faster next time, especially when he especially came when around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say one of the frustrations as a business owner is to see somebody starting to show diligence and not make it to the point where you can say, hey, I, I think you're ready for a raise, or I think you're ready for more res responsibility. So, so in my experience with the younger generation, you have to constantly apply positive encouragement. And a rose to the living. You, you absolutely have to do that. And then when the, there's a, a correction that's needed, it's, a, it's not to that individual, it's to everybody. So every, mm. you just make your, your uh, correction to everyone. Hey, I noticed that this was how this is going. This is really how it should be done, just so everybody knows and everybody's doing it the same way and on page. 
I, the, my office managers used to me doing that. She knows how to do it. She's the one that really established the right way to do most of the stuff. And getting the everybody else on board, I have to do it generally speaking and reinforce positively the things that they're doing long enough for them to say, to say, hey, you're ready for the next step, and Amen. that includes compensation. So somebody says, I'm not going to work for that, they, they've missed the threshold to get in on working for more. Right, right. And, of course, we're, we're talking to the, you know, every person here is a hard worker. I know that for an absolute fact. But we've got to figure out how to pass that on. Tom, you were going to say something? The, the greatest words I ever got. The first one was somebody's always watching, mm -hmm. always. And it's like I always keep that in the back of my mind, you know, and I've worked for Six Flags now. I'll be at the top of a roller coaster, and I'm thinking, there's somebody probably watching me. Sure. So if I'm up there on my phone or something, you know. But being in the construction industry, I left an amazing job to come work for Six Flags. And Are you saying working for Six Flags is not an amazing job? Is oh, that it's the mean? best job. It's a theme park. <laughs> Sorry. The Bugs Bunny outfit is hot. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you got to work in there? Yeah. But uh, I want to do that at our shop one day, wear that costume. I dare you. But uh, no, is they, I heard a foreman say it. He didn't know I was listening. And I, was, I had a terrible job. I was just beating myself to death out in the construction field. And the guy said, Tom's, uh, they said, why does he work like that? He said, because he's not comfortable. And he's like, he knows he could get laid off any day. Right. And it's like you work with that attitude that they could get rid of you at any moment. You, you know, I, it always comes with full. Those people sink their own ships, too, that sure. I'm not going to work for that. Well, right. You know. uh, yeah, and no doubt. Tara? Well, I don't know. I was just thinking, um, and I've had this attitude. I, I have to say I had to have learned it, I don't know, along the way in church or from somebody. I'd, but... Um, I even said it in one of my evaluations at work, and she was just saying, you know, you, you always do this, you're always, you know, on time, I don't ever have to worry about you, and I was like, well, I mean, with all respect, I'm not worried about you, I'm going to do the right thing, because it's the right thing. Right. I'm going to work hard like somebody's watching me all the time, because ultimately, in my mind, God is watching me all the time, and I do care very deeply, but it's not that I'm worried about my boss watching me, I'm worried about just always doing the right thing and now i've trained Do it people the lord and yeah pretty much and just training um a girl this last year and i was like you know when in doubt just do the right thing right um usually that's the harder step and you know here she's like fresh out of right. college, you know and, and she's learning everything and i'm like i don't know and she'll still ask me a question what do you think and i'm like well i don't know we could do that, but let's just do the right thing. Right. And, yeah, it's going to take longer. We're probably going to make some people mad because it slows the process down, but we're just going to do the right thing. But in just looking at this verse and kind of what we were discussing, um, I mean, how does that apply in our spiritual walk? How does this apply in church and witnessing and Well, in well amen. And so I think that um, a couple weeks ago when we preached on uh, essentially being a faithful witness, Diligence has to come into play of being relentless in learning how to uh, win souls. You know, do, do you have a quote-unquote method memorized? If, if ten kids walked in here right now and Dawn said, every one of these kids need to be led to the Lord, could we ferret them out throughout this building and you have the absolute confidence, oh, man, yeah, and you take them into a room, you share the gospel with them, and then you pray the prayer with them type thing, is that confidence there? Well, th there's no reason for it not to be there. 
The, the confidence can be there because you get a method memorized. You can use the good news, bad news method. You can use the EE method. You can use uh, the four spiritual laws method. I mean, pick one, you know, type thing, uh, and, and, and commit it to memory. Use it. Get confident in it. You've all heard my story about uh, the two years at, at Temple where Jerry sent the folks that came in the invitation. And somebody got saved at that church almost every week. And for two years, I was the one that did the gospel presentation to him. And the first week that I was on there, he said, you know, because he said this every week, you come forward and I'll send you with someone that can share the gospel with you in three minutes. I couldn't share the gospel in three minutes. It took me 20 minutes, you know. But after two years, I could do it in three minutes. (laughs) And there's nothing like practice. And the the one thing, you know, people get so scared because they can't remember scripture and the Roman road and that. And you have no greater story than your own. That's it. Because you're not lying. I'll tell my you know, my salvation story, and people are like, you did stuff like that? The old me did, yeah, you know, amen. and it's like, so how'd you do, you struggle? Yeah, I did, yeah. you know, and it's like, and if that's all you can do, it's better than that's just you bet. let them walk their walk. And, and uh, you know, you can take your Bible, and you can dog ear the Romans road, you take a piece of uh, tape, and, and on Romans chapter 3, you put a piece of tape, Romans chapter 5, you put a piece of tape, Romans chapter 9, you put a piece of tape, Romans chapter 10, you put a piece of tape, you got it, Romans road. Uh, 323, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 623, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans uh, 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why can I rattle those off? Because 20 years ago, I got embarrassed that I didn't know how to share the gospel. And I, I put it to memory. And, and now, with that said, you do not have to have it memorized. You do not. You just need to be able to get to it. Amen. And be ready for anything. Be ready for anything. I, Amen. I got to do, we, we won't mention the church, but you remember a couple of years ago when my famous Kurt Cobain Easter walk wig, I first got it. First time I ever <laughs> grew a little beard. And I got to go visit a church in St. Clair, and I knocked on their door like at 10 o'clock at night or something. They were having a Bible study, and I looked rough. I was dirty and all that, and I come in and pretended I was from out of town, and, and uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was hard for me to do. That's scary. Preacher's and, unaware. No, the preacher was aware. But yeah, the, yes, the, the preacher was aware. Oh. He's the one that set it up. And, oh. and, uh, and so I went in there, and I was lost. I just come from Washington State. I was going to visit my dad. I have a terrible relationship. And, and a, a good group of the people got up and kind of walked out of the room. <laughs> and at, at the end, I felt terrible because after I revealed this was kind of a, you know, they're now they're in trouble. But we asked them, well, what, why did you get up and leave? And they said, well, you kind of made us nervous. We, you looked unstable. You know, it's like, who knocks on a church door at 11 o'clock at right. night? You know, they bite me. Unstable. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's amazing that those opportunities well, we love you, Tom. could Amen. present themselves at any moment. Amen. Amen. True. All right, we'll take a quick break there. Um, there is a lot coming up, and uh, if you don't have a bulletin or if you're not getting the emails, make sure that you let somebody know about that. Um, but we have the Colorado trip coming up this summer, but they're already planning it now. The next meeting is February 4th at St. Clair Burger King at 1 o'clock. So this is a way for you to take your family on an affordable, fun vacation um, and just a beautiful, I, this is on my list of things I want to do. I want to go to Colorado. I've never been. Um, I imagine the pictures don't do it justice. So, um, And then also coming up, we have Bethel Gym Nights. If you've got little ones at home, um, 
this is a great outlet in the middle of the winter when it is cold outside and it's just a big open space. They can run, they can play. Um, and also, they need some sponsors. If you're interested in sponsoring a night, $40 a night, you can talk to Craig Licklider about that. All right, so this is a little segment we like to do because it's just so easy and so true, <laughs> is I know I'm getting so older painful. because, and it is, it's, it's painfully honest, and that's what people like is the. You want to go first? You got one? Well, my She's not going to Winter Jam. That was <laughs> Oh. I'm not going to Winter Jam. That is true. <laughs> um, somebody sent me a picture today, and it's just like, this is so true, and it's how I know I'm getting older. Um, and it was a picture of some young girls that were getting ready um, to go out, and, and they, of course, are young and beautiful. And it says, how I, how I feel when I'm going to go out with my girlfriends for the night. And then it showed a picture of the Golden Girls, and it said... <laughs> How I really how am I look. <laughs> yeah. when I go out with my friends and like, you know, we're all like, oh, it's eight. You ready to go home? I am too. Let's not watch the movie. Let's just go home. There's an That's how I know I'm getting older. There's an amazing set of memes of that, of these famous supermodels doing their poses yeah. and then real moms yeah. doing the same poses. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh, so that's how I know I'm getting older, because I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go out with my, my girlfriends, and then, yep, it's 8.30. Let's, let's call it a night. <laughs> well, I know I'm getting older because I'm constantly being treated more like a grandpa. Mm. I had a guy tell me yesterday, really, Ben, when you speak, it's just so comforting. And, you know, and I thought, well, that's something you tell a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely getting older. Some Oh. The, the young pretty girls call me hun now. So yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> 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 or it's, grandpa. It's it. Papa. <laughs> yeah. It's all over for me. Yep, yep. I was driving into work the other day, and uh, this is a cheesy one. I saw this red Camaro streak by me on the right side. Yeah, I was hogging the left lane. He's on the right side, passes me and gets over in front of me, and the license plate said, so sweet. I was like, that's so cool. And then a little voice in the back of my head said, that's screaming. Give me a speeding ticket. So right. now I'm getting older. Yep. Yeah, because you don't yep. think about the fun. I think about what it's going to bring. Someone texted in, people talk about having an inner child. I don't. I have an inner old lady who says inappropriate things, right. <laughs> tells everyone to be quiet, and yeah. wants to go to bed at 8. <laughs> and that's, a, that's another. I oh. know I'm getting older because I just blurt things out before I forget. Uh, no yeah, filter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just you know, I've actually said that because my grandfather, gosh, he's, he's 93, and he... Just whatever he wants to say, he just says it. And there's a little part of me that thinks, boy, I want to be like that. I just want to say. And they're like, oh, Grandpa's just old. He don't, you know, well, it, uh, can't it, wait. Well, anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> my aunt, I may have told you this last week, uh, my sister-in-law got her shirt that says, I am silently correcting your grammar. <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> and th that's Aunt Bobby. She is absolutely oh. correcting your grammar. You got one, brother? Yeah, I got uh, one. you're not I old, so. Well, I, and this is saying something for me. I notice immaturity more. There you go. Like, I, I see guys, I'm like, you know, I just step back and watch, and then it, it tempers me to mm -hmm. not do that. But last week, I wanted to say, because my forehead's growing faster than my hair is. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome that's, aboard. Yeah, that's a humbling moment when I'm looking and there's one girl on my right here and I got to get my wife's tweezers. Yeah, and I'm like, what Tom, is that? You, I had a you have a five head. It's a five head. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've yeah. never heard that. That's good. I had a buddy. I'm the twelve. Daryl, you'd love this guy. Tim, Tim Hogan, and Tim was a well, he was a bar bouncer. He was a bar bouncer and he came to the Lord and he got right type thing. And so Jerry said, Ben, you you need to go out and you need to meet Tim. So I had a car issue, and he was a mechanic, so I went out to Tim, and uh, 
I walked in and he said, what are you doing, loser? I mean, he knew who I was because he attended the temple. And I just looked at him and I was like, uh, 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 you know, I didn't know what to do. And he said, you didn't bring me a Mountain Dew, did you? And I said, was I supposed to? And he said, yeah. So I left, and I got him a Mountain Dew, and I came back, and he said, thanks, loser. And, uh, <laughs> and, and finally, he said, just say it with me. Say it with me. I said, I'm a loser. He said, see there? Recognition is the first step to recovery. <laughs> well, anyway, so Tim loved to make fun of my forehead. And he'd say, dude, there's enough forehead there for 40 acres of plow ground and still have layout ground. Or so, you know, oh. He was a farmer, and he, he was relentless. He, something I'll never forget. I've heard them all. He said, my dad would get us kids up and give us a spanking. And then he'd say, now that was for what you thought you got away with. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, he had a rough background. Okay, moving That's on. That's actually pretty good advice. I'm going to use that. <laughs> That's for what you, you thought got you got away with. Youngins. Well, have you ever heard people talking, adults, you know, grown adults, people in this church I've heard tell these stories about what they did get away with that their parents didn't know about? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yikes. I, uh, well, my claim to fame is lying in my hearing. My mother still thinks I have 50% loss in my left ear. <laughs> because my teacher thought I had a hearing problem because I wasn't following commands. I had to come up with a hearing loss Yeah, problem. so that, I mean. Eight years old. I mean, you do it. She put survive. that on you. She put that she on put you. You right. better give those disability checks back. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So um, for our final segment, we've been talking about the armor of God. Um, and we broke down each of the sections of the armor of God. Um, we're going to follow up. It's, uh, if we're in Ephesians chapter 6. Before we go on, can I add my shield of faith? I had a shield of faith ready the yeah. two, two weeks ago. Isn't that the last one we talked about, the shield it, of faith? We didn't actually fully discuss it. So oh, I was so ready and didn't make it last week. Well, so. let's, let's hear it, and okay. then we'll dive into 618. Okay. So <clears throat> I've had this little epiphany on this, this verse of Scripture that's been bothering me for a long, long time. It's not the whole two pages. <laughs> I know. That, I just told her we'll never paper. see yeah. 618. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Go for it, man. How can, how can faith be a shield? And I've, every time I've read through that passage of Scripture, how can faith be a shield? And finally it occurred to me that it's the field of, shield of faith that quenches the fire darts of Satan. So two, two examples. The shield of faith is when you accept God at his word and you act on God at his word it prevents you from making mistakes or taking the, the sword thrusts or the darts of the devil. For instance, in, in Peter's case, he did not. He wanted to use the sword instead of use the shield of faith. When Jesus was in the garden, the Roman soldiers came in, we're going to take Jesus. Peter drew a sword. He was going to establish God's kingdom with his own hand. He was not using faith. He was uh, being aggressive and trying to establish God's kingdom with his own hands. Power of the flesh. On the other hand, Joseph did use the shield of faith. So in, in his example, he had the dream that he was going to be second in command of, over all the known world at that time and over his family. I'm sorry, he was going to be a lord over his family. And that was what started the bad blood between him and his brothers. And his parents also couldn't believe what he would, was telling them. But th so then his brothers sold him into slavery, and I have to believe that Joseph still, by faith, believed what God had told him. Instead of falling in with the uh, slaves and just doing a mediocre job, you know, peeling, right. peeling the carrot really slow, sure, right. so he did his best and went right to the top of uh, Potiphar's house. 
then knowing in his mind that, hey, this Potiphar guy is politically connected. If I get him with his wife, she could recommend me to the to be a big political figure. That's not how he thought. God made the promise to him that he would bless him. Right. So he used the shield of faith to believe God's way instead of Pharaoh's wife's way, right. which was, uh, of course, would have skewered him or would have ruined his political ascension, which was coming. Because his character would have been ruined. Would have been uh, kebobbed. So he, he used the shield of faith and tr- trusted God at his word in a time of crisis with Potiphar's wife. He li- lived like God would be true to his word. So when you have the opportunity to do something that's that's wrong, that will you feel like could, could be a shortcut or... You know, I know God wants me to have a blessing, and you take the short route or do the dishonest thing to get it. You have allowed Satan a place in your testimony or in your character um, that will trip you up and make you less of the person that God had intended you to be. But if you use the faith, your faith, what take God in his word that he has the best interest in at heart for you, it prevents you from doing the things that are wrong. So having faith and taking God at his word shields you from things that would, would otherwise destroy you because you're believing God in time of crisis. How many times do we come to a crisis and we think, oh, the, the ends aren't going to meet. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to. Uh, this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to do something. And that's what Peter did. I'm going to have to do something. Instead of taking God at his, taking God at his word and the, that faith shields you from a world of different bad outcomes. Well, and, and I know I know this isn't what you're saying, but one, one thing, you're still going to take blows. And even if you have Absolutely. that shield, you say you're protected, but sometimes you're still hurt, just not hurt as much sure. if and, you have the shield And in you're front preserved of you. to fight another, another day. Another and if time. you didn't have that shield... Well, could, well, Joseph took those hits. Right. But, but, he, but he stayed faithful. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think any of us would argue that going to jail is a Pretty hard hit, you know. From being a slave. Twice. Yeah. 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 This, right. this is not the quick path to, <laughs> to being king. <laughs> but, but, but I think that's a, an excellent point, Tom, is, is that you, you, you're going to, it doesn't mean that you're protected from hits. It means you'll survive the right. hits. And I think that's the people on the outside that don't know Christ. When they hear something like that, they, oh, okay, nothing ever happens to you guys. And that's when they say, you hypocrites. And yeah, right. No, I, I get knocked out all oh the goodness. time. It's just I'm able to come back in grace. How many times do we get waylaid in a fight that we were never intended to be in? Right. Instead of believing God that it, and taking him at his word, we're, we're on a, a path. And that's what Joseph did. Even though each step looked darker, he continued to believe God to take out his word and so uh, use the shield of faith. One definition of faith is visualizing God's will for you and cooperating with it. And that's what jo- Joseph did. Through his dream, he envisioned what God's will was for him. And so at every turn, he cooperated with that. And now... Never disqualified himself. Right, right. Yeah, that's, never took things into his own hands. You know, uh, Lord, I'm... I'm I'm breaking out of jail. Yeah, right. I'm breaking right. out of jail. Um, out of prison. I, I don't deserve this. You know, he he he, and he may have said it, but but he never acted on it. You know, hallelujah, praise the Lamb. W- one of the things that uh, you and I have to fight on a, a daily basis is is taking those things, you know, in our own hands. And w- one of the one of the 
attitudes to fight that is, is that, Lord, this, this is your life. It's your situation. If you don't make a way, that's your business. But I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to serve you no matter what. Uh, again, Bill Garthard called it yielding your rights. I, I'm going to serve you no matter what. Amen. So we'll do with all praying for all saints next week. How's that do we sound? still have time? Do we still have time? No. We have about five do do? minutes. Oh, look at there. So uh, essentially, um, guys, for me, when I pray on the armor, I always include with all praying for all saints because I believe that that is an action that we do fully clothed. Fully clothed with the Lord's armor, we go ahead and we pray. Uh, and, you know, let, let's think about that. So I'm not trying to be anything but just uh, biblical here. How do you pray for all saints? Well, we have a list. You know, Brad and I have a list, and, and we, we try to work through that list. I think it's important to have a list. But I also believe that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is, is, is king. And so uh, throughout the day, you know, you may pass someone's house, and the Holy Spirit says, mm-hmm, they need prayer. So you pray for them. Uh, you, you, may, you may see something, hear something, uh, that brings someone to mind. Brother Jeff, uh, I prayed for you the other day because a concrete truck passed me doing about 50 miles an hour in a 20-mile-an-hour zone. <laughs> I knew it wasn't you. I knew it wasn't you. But I prayed for you. Uh, because a concrete truck is, is dangerous business. It, it truly is. Um, and, and especially on, uh, on wet ground these days, you know. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. And they're really dangerous when you step out in front of them. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I could, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, just like the sermon I'll never forget of Brad's <clears throat> crab rangoo story, how he almost yep. missed that. That stuck with me. I passed a young lady the other day at 4.30 in the morning walking near the highway. Part of me was like, oh, I, and I knew her. I right. knew her from my childhood. And I, I know her history right now. And I thought I could pick her up, take her to McDonald's, give her a coffee or something. And, and I went on by. You know, and I, I thought about that and it bothered me, it bothered me. Well, last night, me and Lindsay were driving home and I saw a young girl walking up the road. And it, we passed and it instantly made me think about that. And I prayed for that girl. And I felt bad because I was convicted. You didn't pick the first one up. And then we saw on the news, like 20 minutes later, a girl had just got killed in St. Mm. Clair walking on the road. And I'm like, and that was just like an eye-opening sure, thing, sure. you know. And it's like just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, it's not going to fail you. Amen. You know, yeah. our flesh is fearful of those things. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I don't know. If I see her tomorrow, she's going to McDonald's. Right. You know? There you go. <laughs> um, my, I have the, the NIV version, but it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And um, it poses the question, how can anyone pray on all occasions? Just... And the thought is you don't have to be alone to pray on all occasions. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I have, I'm not alone very often. I have very, this is probably the least alone I'll be in my entire life is how my life is right now. Um, but it's praying in the car, praying when I lay down, praying when just any possible moment I'm alone. And I've turned my worries into prayers lately because I just worry about my kids so much more than I ever have. It's just a a constant reminder mm. of the world that's trying mm. to get at them. And um, I've even said the other day, I'm going to take captive every thought mm. and turn that every worry into a prayer. Um, 
just what you said in this, I've never had the opportunity to share this, but there is someone that drives in front of me every, very often, we must live in the same town, obviously, or he comes from Lonedale, I don't know who it is. It's someone in a green pickup truck that has a license plate that says, go ahead and honk, I'm reloading. Old GMC truck, <laughs> modern auto tech. I'm not joking, I don't know who that is, but I, every time I see that truck, because I see it so often, I pray for that guy. If that is you <laughs> I, or someone you know, I've been praying for you for like I four years. I need a license plate that says that. It's a little bumper sticker. <laughs> a bumper sticker, okay. I'm not kidding, and it's interesting you brought that up. I'm like, every time I see that guy, I don't even know who it is. It may be a woman. I have no idea. And they just happen to drive the same path, and then they turn at Union, and then I go on, and I've... If you have seen Go that truck, if you're already. out there listening to me, I've been praying for you. Amen. Don't know who Amen. you are. And, and those <laughs> turning worries into prayers, I mean, that, making that your prayer list, I, I've just fallen into that myself in the last six months. If I feel that strongly about it emotionally, that I'm worried about it, with all uh, supplications, let your request be made known unto God with mm -hmm. all prayer. And, and be worried for nothing, but in everything by prayer and, and supplication. Yeah. Amen. Uh, so, Amen. With thanks to really good good way to make a list. Amen. I heard somebody say the other day that worrying about something that hasn't happened is like paying interest on a debt that's not yours. It's not to owed. Pay. Amen. And I was like, boy, that is so true. And I totally catch myself doing that. But worries like shoveling smoke. I've heard that. that too. Ooh, that's shoveling good. smoke. Brother Jerry used to say, "I'm either going to worry or pray. I'm not going to do both." And that that kind of fed into yeah. that me falling into that. Don't don't do both. Yeah. Do, <laughs> yeah. You're wasting your time. You do both. It takes a lot of discipline to leave leave it there, though. It, it does. It does now. That's a good point because Charles Stanley, a struggling preacher in Atlanta, says that um, <laughs> when you okay, give, give me back on my eyes. So, so leaving it there takes a lot of right, discipline. Right, right, right. Sorry, I, see, I'm, I'm old. Yeah, um, get it out, get it out. Charles Stanley says that the reason that we uh, sin, confess, sin, confess, sin, confess the same sin is because we still have not taken our eyes off that situation and gotten our eyes onto the Lord. When you finally get your eyes off of the, and if it's a worry, that's a sin. Amen. So when you get your eyes off of that situation and get your eyes fully onto the Lord, the Lord of the problem, the Lord of the situation, you're going to quit going back to it. And and he said it's it's pretty handy because you you teach yourself, you train yourself that every time you keep going back, that's your cue that you haven't truly let it that song, King of the World, really helps me with that. That's good when stuff. did I forget that you were the king of the, the world? King of the world. Amen. The, those cues from your sermon, I couldn't tell you how long ago, the two rich men in the ambulance, every time they heard the siren, they prayed. Amen. That's a key to me now. Yeah. Uh, and, that's it, I, and, and I think anymore, I, I think of Craig and all the guys, John, that, that serve our community through fire service and police. I think of them when I hear a siren, and I ask the Lord to protect them and the such. It, it's a call to prayer. That's what it is. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for coming. We appreciate Excellent your crowd. presence. Thank you, guys. We'll thank, be thank here you. next week. Next week. Uh, preppers. We're talking about preppers next week. <laughs> we are apparently talking about preppers, so yep. come prepared. Come prepared. <laughs> no pun intended. Ah. <laughs>